not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. Dying to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. It's time to keep it down right now. Avengers! I am Ready to Hello and welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans answer your burning questions. Oh! I'm Rashawn and I'm here with... Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Three years in. You got it. This is the very first WCA mailbag episode. We have asked movie lovers far and wide to send in their questions, both cinematic and not so cinematic. And we, your four favorite movie fans, will be answering them. I do want to say thank you to everyone that sent in questions for the engagement and the discussion topics. You are, as always, appreciated more than you know, and you all being here with us always puts a huge smile on my face. If you didn't get a chance to send in any questions, don't worry. This will be the first of many. Send us a topic, a question, a hot take at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at CinephileAttack. That's where we posted the links to send in anonymous questions like today. So follow us on social media and get that opportunity for the next mailbag episode. But we are here today. How y'all doing? Mm, Good. I'm excited. excited. Yay, jinx. Uh-huh. Nobody's yes. nervous because I, I, everyone has everything, right? What does I'm that mean? In, I'm not in control. Well, no, mean, there's, oh, there's no traps. You sent, there's no traps. <laughs> you sent the questions ahead of time, but I kind of just skimmed them and I'm... We're, yeah. We know. We who, know who, who Off the dome their, for Josh. Who wrote down all their answers? I did. And Lacey did. And Rashawn definitely did. Lacey didn't? I didn't Lazy write my did answers it? down. Oh. Oh. There's I didn't realize that was part of the assignment. There are it couple, wasn't. I just. I'm shocked. There yeah, are a couple it. that I had to kind of think ahead for and really like spend some time on. So there are a couple canned answers, but for the most part, we live. <laughs> now I feel like I'm in trouble. No, You're not in trouble. Lacey didn't do the homework. <laughs> I didn't know. I just thought. My fellow kiss ass at the front of the class. <laughs> yeah, I was like, for sure, color coded and everything, in school, but in a different way. Like calling I, I literally by their... ate ass. Oh, hey, yo. <gasps> oh, uh... I was a call teacher by their first name, kind of. And you didn't barter that to get good grades. I got B's and C's. Mm. C's get degrees. <laughs> That's true. I don't even have my degree. Let's dive in, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> First question up is one that we have gotten a lot. So I thought I would take that one on and answer that. Not for all of us, but at least the first. And it reads, are we going to get video podcast? Have we already or am I behind? And the answer is yes? Question mark? <laughs> video is very difficult um, but it is something that I personally really want to do logistics cost are very big factors 
Mm-hmm. Uh, scheduling is also a very big factor. It's easy for us to jump on the mic and look at each other's faces right now because we don't have to make it look pretty. But oh, excuse me. <laughs> I look Wait, great. Hello. You guys look gorgeous. You look gorgeous. <laughs> but I'm currently looking for a way for us to be on camera every episode. So maybe in the new year, possibly. But right now it's it's a tentative yes with a couple question marks behind it. I think just to like add on to that too, for all of us, it's very important that we are putting out good quality work and mm-hmm. not just putting stuff up to put it up. So when we do deliver something, we mostly Rashawn, mm-hmm. but we are doing our best to make it the best possible product that it can be. So we don't want to give you something half-assed. We want it to be a good quality product that we're giving you guys. Um, I think we're all on board for making it happen. It's just like Rashawn said, the logistics of it. Buymeacoffee.com slash WCA. Nice. Like actually though, because that kind of money goes for to Rashawn, who the three of us haven't seen a dime of our Buy Me A Coffee and I don't think any of us ever want to. No. So that's where that money goes is to help Rashawn produce this. So. Mm-hmm. And produce it, I shall. let's talk uh, movie theaters okay our next question asks what is your go-to movie theater snack what are we getting from concessions at the movie theater i surprisingly do not snack i am a drink kind of gal so i get a cherry coke icy and um i eat rashawn's popcorn (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a snacker I don't buy my own snack. Yeah, that's the better answer. Josh? <laughs> yeah, so similar uh, to this questioner who uh, said they get a large popcorn, uh, Lacey and I will always, always get a number one at the MC, which is a large popcorn, large drink, like no matter what. The three, the, the four of us could have just gone to a buffet on our way to a movie, getting a number one. And then from there, it depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll get... Uh, a big fan of peanut M&M's mixed with popcorn. Ooh. Sometimes if I'm feeling fun, I'll get Twizzlers. But for sure, no matter what, Lacey and I are splitting a number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Large popcorn, large drink. And usually usually I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll make the drink. I'll make, my, I'll make us a little Arnie Palmy. A little half <laughs> tea, half lemonade. Just a little caffeine to keep you awake. But Lace? Well, that... Clearly, but I think it's important that we note that with a large popcorn, you get a free refill on your popcorn. So Josh and I, we like our popcorn very different. Insanely different. Josh likes his popcorn as is, straight out of the popper, maybe like a tiny little bit of butter drizzled on it. Me too. Absolutely like- not. Not in mm-hmm. my world. Um, so talk Josh talk, and please. I, talk that talk. <laughs> it's very important that Josh and I get our free refill right away. Mm-hmm. So he has a, <laughs> either the tub or the box and then I get the other one of popcorn. And I douse my popcorn Dude, in movie theater popcorn or crazy. movie theater butter and salt and salt and movie theater butter and more salt and sometimes if i'm feeling spicy i'll get the jalapenos and sprinkle those in too those i'll fuck up like give me a whole thing of jalapenos for the popcorn bucket yes 
And then if we're talking candy, I'm always going to get the cookie dough bites. I love those little chocolate covered cookie dough bites. Mm -hmm. Shawnee? Let me explain something to (laughs) y'all. The congregation is seated. (laughs) Uh, Lacey and I are married in that front. um, The same way that Josh and Mella are basic. I would like a side of popcorn with my butter and salts. Every piece needs to have butter on it. Every piece. No, or it's not drizzle. good. No. Drizzle. Because if you get a piece with butter or with salt, it's like, oh, that was so good. And it's like a little scavenger hunt every time you take a scoop. No. Why would you no. just not want every bite to be that good? I'm busy watching the movie. <laughs> I want to see 40. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm with the group, it's a large popcorn, cherry Coke. And mozzarella sticks on the side. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Uh huh. Now, if I'm alone, which is a lot, full spread. I'm talking burger, fries, a cocktail, an icy, and then if it's a long movie, what's up, Killers of the Flower Moon? I'm getting desserts. Hell oh. yeah, Rashawn. Rashawn, I'm gonna piggyback off you. The AMC by y'all's place has bananas nachos. Shout so out like to because <laughs> dining is. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. I'll if we're at that one, I'll get the dine-in nachos a lot because those go crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a full spread. I'm in the back row enjoying this this movie and picking out. This this listener said, "I asked for a snack, and you said a spread." <laughs> eating is eating. Dinner and a movie. <laughs> Next question is: Are we bringing first dates to the cinema still, or is it over? Josh. That's on YouTube. I feel strongly about this. Oh, as someone uh-huh. who hasn't gone on a first date in like twelve years, <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel okay. strongly about this. If I were to go on a first date again, this would be the, the cinema would be the first place I take them because if I can't watch a movie with you, it's mm. th- like it's done. Like if you're an, if you're on your phone, if you're chatting, if you're that's a good way. La- of looking if at you're that. loudly falling asleep. With respect Lovely. to Mel, who quietly, you quietly falls. Asleep. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even know. I feel like most people would be like, "Oh, I just I know." I remember someone told me, "Oh, I don't like going to the movies," and I was like, "Well, that's a wrap because it it's just not going to work." You know right. what I mean? There are people because if you take be- me to the first the movies on the first day, I mean, ring. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the standards are in the basement, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so were my dates. <laughs> like they could like to go to the movies, but then they're on their fucking phone the whole time. Like that's it. Duh. Like bye. Right. Yeah. I, f- I f- have this feeling that I'm going to meet my guy through the love of movies. So I feel like he won't be that person. Yeah. That it's on his. He's gonna be locked in. And so you s- you're party. saying yes mm-hmm. to first date on a. At the movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can you can do it. Just just partner it with something. Like we did right. this and we went to the movies. I say absolutely not. Oh. Because I, I have it. been here and it's like one of the worst dates ever. DM me on social media if you want to hear about it. I get what Josh is saying, but because I want to avoid all that, I wouldn't go on a first date there. Because... If we go on a first date, we're having dinner and you're already chewing loudly. We're not getting to the movie so you can eat popcorn in my ear loudly. Like it's not, that's not 
happening. Just leaning over. Just not, not, not. No, I just <laughs> just can't. eliminate the popcorn. But what then? What if he talks? What if he's stinky? What if he doesn't get the movies and he's like talking to me the whole time? He's like, wait, what does that mean? What did they say? Shut the fuck up, bro. I'm. I can't even. Mella, hear it. your standards are. <laughs> there is. There. So, I will say. Questioning the movies. I'll give you. I'll give you one every 15, 20 minutes. But right. But we're watching Minion Six. You don't need to be asking me questions. Well, that's your fault for going to see <laughs> Minions. <laughs> but that's why I'm saying it's date one, so I don't know this guy that well. So he could be asking me questions. I see, I feel like a movie theater date is good for like date four. Four is too late. That's way too late. No, because I'm like already. I, I'm already vibing with you. What if you're invested in it and then you find out they suck at the movie theater? Well, it's only been four dates. What if you four find dates? out that? I don't know. You go time. to like this award-winning movie, and they just want to leave partway through. Joshua, Lacey, <laughs> how you feel? <laughs> that was that was six months in, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was still date four. <laughs> necessarily a first date spot i can see it being paired with something it feels a little high schooly to me because that's all you could really do for a date in high school yeah. is like go to the movies at this stage in our lives not that personally i plan on ever dating again joshua but i feel like if you're going on a first date i want to get to know you and mm-hmm. if half of our time is spent even though movies are such a big part of all four of our lives if, if half of the date is spent just sitting and watching a movie it's time I'm missing out I'm figuring out if I want to invest my time with you and low-key I've probably already seen the movie <laughs> honestly <laughs> <laughs> oh you would say let's go on a date and pick a movie that you've seen no, I'm just saying, like, I feel like because of us, we are already like, let's go see the movie. Let's go see the movie. So mm-hmm. I don't really have mm-hmm. the option of seeing a new movie because I've already seen it. Gosh. This is one of my favorite questions we got in the mailbag. And I think it's going to take us a little while because I'm very passionate about this. So what is a food thing in movies that you love? Or is nuts. For example, full breakfast spread and running out the door with Justin OJ. Or a performance with a beverage that is so extra. Studio Ghibli food. Gossip Girl characters only eating fries to show that they are going through it and need to touch grass. (laughs) Kill me. Took me out. Um... So you said Studio Ghibli food, and I feel like that's kind of a cop-out because everyone knows that the food in Studio Ghibli movies looks incredible. 
Um, yes. But I would give my left foot to eat the ramen in Ponyo. I, I would give so much to eat that ramen. And then my other one, I feel so silly and I feel like the kid of the podcast. What I wouldn't give to eat anything in Willy Wonka's cho- Chocolate Factory. But I mean, yeah. But the everlasting gobstopper. Mmm. Ah. Ah. Ah, it looks so good on screen. It looks like it would feel good in my mouth as it never dissolves or goes away or loses flavor. I know they have them now out, but it's not, it's not everlasting. It doesn't last forever. So that is, I've always wanted to try an everlasting gobstopper. Is that the one that it changes flavors or like, "Mm, I'm having a steak dinner now? No, that is Violet's gum. Dude, I want that. Imagine how fucking skinny I would be. Just the gum. <laughs> Fuck. Jawline crazy. <laughs> fucking Squidward jaw. Look, what, what if I said something crazy like the zebra leg in the Lion King? Um, <laughs> looks looky good though. The way they tear the meat off. It does, dude. It does. See, My, it's the bugs for me in the Lion King. The way Timon and Pumbaa. They make <laughs> bugs look good. Uh, uh, those bugs. It's the way like Whoopi Goldberg and, and Cheech Marin are chewing when they're doing mm. the dialogue. An easy answer would be the dumplings and soul food. Basically the whole last meal that they make. Mm. But I also, the rom-com set it up with uh, Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch. They have a scene where they eat a box of pizza and they sit on the edge. They sit on the floor by their bed and they. it's such a great moment of connection for them but the pizza looks there's grease on the bottom of the box and the pizza looks Mm. so 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 good and then my probably my favorite answer would be america's sweethearts (laughs) and that's when julia roberts is eating her feelings and there's a whole breakfast spread in front of her and she's just ranting about Catherine zeta jones and she's eating the pancakes and eating the sausage because she she's dieted for so long and she used to be big and now she's just like gorging out breakfast food and that's mm-hmm. my favorite kind of food um and i just thought she she made it look so mm. so anytime people eat pancakes in movies i'm like yeah those are probably really good <laughs> even when she eats the breakfast in pretty woman she eats pancakes mm. too and it looks fucking good yeah i'll say one of the negatives that goes along with the breakfast the full spread is the orange juice is a crazy thing but when they pick up an uncooked bagel and just like bite it and it's like that too is water. <laughs> <laughs> like dry, hard, untoasted, unspread bagel, just like like what the fuck? <laughs> but for those that know me, those that have been listening, the thing that I love, because I've been such an avid teenage mutant ninja turtles fan my whole life. A good cheese pull, mm. animated or not, like when the turtles or when the turtles fucking pick up that pizza and it's just like the dozen lines of cheese as they lift it above their head. Holy moly, <laughs> dude! <laughs> give me a, or like in Goofy movie with like yeah. the character, dude. Give me a cheese pull ten out of ten times. Mm. So a negative. Mine would just be like when characters have a 
like they went to go pick up coffee from a cafe and there's nothing in the cups. This is what I was going to say. Yes. Yes. And they're just like, the the wrist is loose. Like, just put water in it. Like, literally. It would take like a second. So my love is also pizza, but it's a pizza and beer scene and Miss Congeniality when they're in the hotel. Mm -hmm. And this one's kind of fun. I think Christoph Waltz is up there with Brad Pitt when he eats anything on screen. Thank you for mentioning my boy, both of them. But yes, I think in Django, he's eating a steak and he's like drinking, I don't know, just some type of like whiskey or liquor or something. Mm. Holy fuck, I want it. When he pours the beer earlier and he uh, he cuts the foam. Yes. Yeah. And he like, wipes his mouth. I think it's like that plus his accent. It just makes it look scrumdiddly umptious. Dude, when Brad Pitt's munching on popcorn and Moneyball. Like, oh, the little shake? The shake. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more love. It's the peach from James and the Giant Peach. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> It's the juiciest thing you'll ever fucking see. Mm-hmm. Besides Ooh. this ass. But hey. ah. cinematically. <laughs> Jumping on the Brad Pitt train. The dinner scene in Mr. and Mrs. Smith is delectable. It's so good. Shouts out to um, the king of eating on screen. Brad both Pitt. of them just, just eye fucking each other and being hot and eating food. Cinema. This one, we can veer off a little bit if we want. It doesn't have to be about movies. Or it can be about movies. What are things that make you super angry? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start. Yeah. I got, I'll got. i answer both. In movies, driving. Mm. 10 and 2, 12 and 6, wherever you want your hands to be, stop milking that cow. You know what I mean? You're all over the road. Hands up. The moment... There's a car scene, and either A, they move their hands too much, or B, they look over at the passenger for more than, like, two seconds. You genuinely lost me. I will check out of a movie because of that. And then, in real life, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of things that make me angry. I'll put it this way. Obliviousness. If you don't know how loud you're talking in public or in a movie theater, if you don't know how slow you're going, Mm. if you don't know... How fast the car in front of you is going when you're trying to merge on a freeway. If you don't know, stay with me for a little bit, people. Like, (laughs) snap out of it. Like, focus. Turn it on. But you know what? They're having a great day. They're They're having having a great time. So much fun. And I think that compounds on my anger because it's like you're enjoying yourself, and I can't because because of you. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it compounds on itself. But just, like, pay attention to the world around you, y'all. Like, please. So I'll do both, too. My cinematic one is when characters in a movie go to sleep with slippers on and or makeup. Or mm-hmm. jeans. And fucking jeans. That's Any, don't, that's Josh. Don't, 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 I can't, don't have enough time for that. <laughs> but I, I, the slippers, I actually hate more than the makeup. The makeup, I'm just like, whatever. They don't want to do it again. But... The slippers, it takes like one second to slip those babies off to get into bed. No one fucking goes to slippers, goes to bed with slippers on. No one. Um, Just take them off. Just take them off. And then in life, people standing too close to me, if you're a stranger, back the fuck up. 
Spatial <laughs> awareness, dude. Spatial awareness. You see Please. what I'm talking about? I think because I'm aware of like, oh, I don't want to like bump into that person or get into that person's face. So when someone's a nose away from me, I'm like, yes. Like I, I just like automatically feel entitled to be rude. So, um, those are mine. <laughs> Both of mine are auditory things, which tells you a lot about me as a person, I think. With movies and TV, if I have to change the volume more than once while I'm watching something because it gets too quiet or too loud, I'm immediately mad at whatever you put on. I immediately have like a grudge against the product that you've made because I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it takes me out. It makes me mad. If I can't, if you're whispering in one scene and then it's super loud in the next scene, it's, what are you doing to me? What are you trying to do? You're just trying to give me an anxiety attack and I hate you for it. Um, and then in real life, I mouth sounds, especially when it comes to eating, smack, smack, lip smacky, chewing with your mouth open. I can't, mm. I cannot do mouth sounds. I can't do it. Nasty. Please use a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in life, short and sweet, people who are rude to wait staff mm. Mm. bias, but just don't just treat people like people and um, impatient drivers who live in LA. So there are many. At me next time, Rashawn. I know. I'm like, you, you got Miss Road Rage over here. <laughs> and then cinematically, I think I, I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks and over exposition. Mm-hmm. We just saw this scene. Why are we seen it? We got the twist. <laughs> why are you showing it to me again? And this is probably why I think, to be frank and transparent, I think this is why maybe my writing suffers in certain areas because I can be incredibly vague because I think audiences are super smart and I, I want them to just be treated as such. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like, well, what do you mean? I wrote it. They should get it. <laughs> but maybe this is a studio note thing. I don't know. But they're like, throw a couple of flashbacks in there, something they just saw. And, and we need to like beat them over the head with it. I hate it. Hate it. <laughs> Uh, hey, Rashawn, how tall are you? I'm 5'8". Are you sure about that? Yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a really good TikTok account where this dude goes into public and like asks guys how tall they are. And is like, are you sure? And whips out a tape measure. It's, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, on my resume, I'm 5'9". But... <laughs> they will find out when they see you. They you know this? Out. Okay. <laughs> Josh, it's an inch. You? I'm six feet, baby. Are you sure about that? Here's the thing. <laughs> so I'm five eleven and a half, but if you're asking me in public, I'm wearing shoes. So <laughs> that half inch, I'm six feet. Melbel, how tall are you? I'm three feet and four inches. Oh I'm my just god, a baby. She's just a little baby. <laughs> I'm five five. Then rounding us out. To six feet. <laughs> I'm Coming the tallest one here, babe. Power forward at six foot seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> massive. I am five three. 
Wait, <laughs> I tell people you're 5'4". Have you shrunk? I don't know. Uh-oh. It depends on her hair. Yeah, <laughs> if I have a bun in, I'm 5'4". If it's down, 5'3". <laughs> Whoever asked that question, I hope you got your life right now. Good for you. <laughs> you got what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> This next movie lover asked us, is there a movie character that you see parts of yourself in? And are there movie characters that you see parts of in each other? Melabella. So I was a little selfish. I only did myself. Um, <laughs> because I had I had a hard time with this one. I think it's a great question. It's just... Um, it's a great question. I said Olive from Easy A. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that. I just, of course, love that movie. But I think it's just such a good character. She's not. She's just a very well done, average, cool, relatable girl. And I felt like that's that. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nickelodeon. <laughs> Josh, one of my favorite movies that we've yet to bring to the pod. I've yet to bring to the pod, but. I think the reason I love it so much is because of how much I see in myself in this person is Bruce Nolan from Bruce Almighty. Um, <laughs> jokes aside, like obviously he's funny as Jim Carrey, but like his his career struggles, his 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 life milestones met with his wavering faith, met with his uh, reluctance to to sort of bend and do the right thing and i don't know i think i think bruce almighty is is maybe deeper than people give it credit for and i see a lot of myself in bruce That's a good and, one. there is a really beautiful movie called phoebe in wonderland um starring Elle fanning and patricia clarkson that is about a little girl who processes the world differently than her fellow students uh, played by Elle Fanning and her very charismatic and eccentric drama teacher, played by Patricia Clarkson. And I really, like, I see myself in both of those people on screen. I was a drama teacher for many years, and I feel like I really found myself in the drama room um, and who I wanted to be. So it's a incredibly touching film if you haven't seen it those those two women really do an incredible job and then i chose three sorry um <laughs> <laughs> uh the first was jake gyllenhaal and zodiac let's go let's go. he's um, huh? upset he's really hot like me <laughs> uh no he's he's obsessive in the movie to the point of of it taking over his life but i think there's a determination in him that i i relate to and then the next one was uh tate diggs in the best man he is a writer who writes about his friend group to disastrous results and it really ends up hurting him and some people in his his friend group namely his friend who's about to get married and he divulges some secrets that he should not have. And I think he just gets in over his head, like I can sometimes. And then um, there's a movie called Shortcomings that I just saw this past year. It was Randall Parks, I believe his 
directorial debut and Justin Min from Umbrella Academy. He mm. plays a filmmaker and he loses his girlfriend and kind of his focus on his career. He's kind of stuck in this young adulthood. He's obsessed with film. And it's this very extreme version of someone who's working towards their dreams as a filmmaker. He's pretty obnoxious and I can kind of be that sometimes. <laughs> but I, I think I related to him a little bit more than I would like to. But I also saw a lot of good in him. So I, th- I thought that was a scary mirror. And then I, I had some characters for each of you. I'll just rapid fire, shoot them out. For Mela, I chose Robin in Waiting to Exhale, uh, played by Leela Rashawn. She is a ride or die. She has a little depth. There's a monologue late in the movie that kind of reveals that she's more than just a party girl or the funny friend in the group. And I think <laughs> that Mela has a lot more depth than maybe she lets on. Hey. And it's also a great performance that I think Mela would kill. Mm. Lacey, I chose Riley in Inside Out. She's just a very mature young woman who's coming into her emotions that are fully formed, but she's very in touch with them, and I think you are as well. And then Josh, I chose a Glenn Powell character in a Richard Linklater movie. It's called Everybody Wants Some. He's he's like a baseball bro. He's all bravado and cocky, but (laughs) there's like a warmth to him. Um, it's a really, really, really good movie. I think you would love it. But You're in your Glenn Powell bag, huh? Mm. I am. I look. I, he's really good. It's a good he's bag. Good. Yeah. I just did one. I did my wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. Uh, <laughs> I think Lacey gives more Miss Honey than she'd care to admit. <laughs> she. You're all Miss Honey all the time, babe. I'm going to cry, you guys. That's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Remember this, please. Adopt me. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. Come on over. (laughs) It's chore time. (laughs) (laughs) I need a diaper change. (laughs) Just too young. For my darling husband, I like really tried to think of movie characters that worked for you, but I just can't see anybody outside of Ben Wyatt when I think of like some sort of character to relate you to. Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec is just very much Josh, very dry humor, but also incredibly kind and devoted to the people that he cares about and loving and loves board games oh that part is true yeah. perfect loves board games mella i don't know if you've seen this movie but i was like i thought about it a lot and in the movie stranger than fiction maggie gyllenhaal plays the like love interest she like owns a bakery and they have like a romantic relationship in it but she's so self-assured and like confident in her self and her skills and her abilities and the love affair is like a bonus on top of the life that she's created for herself and that very much feels like you to me especially after the last year like you have really like thanks 
bitch. become the business bitch. And I'm like so proud of you. And I love watching you just blossom. And she's also not afraid to speak her mind, even if she's wrong about hey. things like animated movies. <laughs> this seems pointed. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do Rashawn. Oh, Let's hear it. Rashawn is like the epitome of Christian in Moulin Rouge to me. Oh, you are extremely passionate. You're an incredible writer and creator. And I'm, I probably, it, because of after doing the morning show with you, like just watching the way your eyes light up when you're watching your work come to life through the people that you love and you care about, like it's very much that same mm-hmm. vibe. You, you're awfully, you, you present yourself as very quiet, But you are a silly, goofy boy when you want to be, and you are so charismatic and so charming and so talented. And my voice. And you sing beautifully. I'm just kidding. Uh, Rashawn is like me and getting uncomfortable with compliments, so I'm going to take over. Nah. Uh, Lacey, that was beautiful. No, I'll move to the next question, Rashawn. We're powering through. Me and you, buddy. Uh... (laughs) Lacey, that was beautiful. Thank Sorry, you for I your kind words. Sorry, I talk so much. No, no so we uh, the the fellas in here are horrid at taking compliments. So <laughs> let's move on. Next question. Uh, before uh, I get too uncomfortable, this should be an easy one. Why are you uncomfortable? Uh, too many nice things. Too many nice things. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you could pick any movie to see for the first time again, what would it be? I'm gonna say the others. I actually just have been wanting to see this recently, but I remember seeing it kind of late and there's obviously such a big twist and somehow I managed not to get it spoiled. So when I did see it, I was super blown away and I think it's actually really fucking scary also. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping when I see it again, it'll feel like the first time, but we'll see. I'll let you know. I think I got to go with one of my faves all time. Arrival. I think the twist and mm. arrival, twist, whatever ending, whatever you want to call it, I think is so good. The ending to arrival like rocked me. And I'd love to experience it for the first time again. I wish I could see the sixth sense for the first time yeah. now at my mm. age. <laughs> I it came out when we were still so young that like I remember being like, oh my god, what? <laughs> <laughs> But I think the impact of the the big twist in The Sixth Sense would have a completely different impact on me as an adult than it did as a child. And like Mella said about the others, like it's just a genuinely scary movie. It's very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a firm believer that movies imprint on you. I've talked to about my favorite movies, the screams and the moonlights and the Halloweens. And I I think this was the first time that I saw people who looked like me and that they were capable of doing things in front of and behind the camera. And I I think it like subconsciously changed how I look at life and and film. I was so little when I saw this movie, but it's just really, really special to me 
it's, it's revolutionary, I think. And to see that now after having, you know, a steady di diet of, of cinema and, and a hunger for it, I, I think it would be so special. Breathing in, breathing out, how you been? You settled down, you feeling right, you feeling proud, how are your kids? Where are they now? You build a boat. You All right, rapid life. fire time. Inverse order, Rashawn. You gotta go. First. Oh no. Desert <laughs> Island movie. Only yeah. question I did not have an answer for. Desert Island movie, Rashawn, go. Desert Island on an island. Am I happy on the island? Rapid fire, bitch. Scream. Two. Quick, give me one sentence reasoning. It's thrilling, it's funny, it's it's sexy, it's uh, bloodier, gorier, faster, higher. Randy, Sydney, Prescott, Maureen. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Lacey, I think, went next. Lacey. Yeah. Uptown Girls. Why? Cute. And this movie has everything. This movie has family trauma. It has Brittany Murphy. It has Dakota Fanning as an incredible child actress. It has music. It has pink. It has a nanny storyline. It's everything. I love uh, that movie so much. Beautiful. Um, argue with your mama. Uh, it has a pig. Sorry, it has a pig. Go ahead. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, I think for me, Desert Island movie needs to be one thing, and that is long. I think if I'm on a <laughs> desert island, I'm trying to kill time. I love Endgame. It's entertaining. It'll just it'll distract me. It's just I can go away for a while and forget about how hungry I am. Yeah, Mella. Drop dead gorgeous. Mm -hmm. No, but if, thank you. But what movie are you bringing? <laughs> Shut up, Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. If I'm miserable on an island, I'm I want to fucking laugh. Mm -hmm. And it's raunchy. It's funny. It's super um, not PC. And if I'm by myself, I can laugh at those things and not have anyone judge me. <laughs> you can't cancel me here, Beats. Sorry. Me and the coconuts. Me and the sandwich. Oh, uh, that was the hardest question on the whole whole form for me. Okay. Yeah. Let's dive into TV a little bit for a second. Mm-hmm. This is a very specific question to one specific show. Which of Carrie's men is your choice in Sex in the City? And then for a fun little bonus, do you have any favorite TV love interest? I'll start. I don't have a huge knowledge of Sex in the City. Um, I've seen both of the movies and a couple of seasons of maybe not even a full season of the TV show. So I'm just going to say the hottest one, which is Justin Theroux. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh some of my favorite tv love interests just spitting them out uh Raphael and jane the virgin uh, oh uh. richie and looking trey on noah's ark and ryan goes in you and new girl <laughs> <laughs> um i have very strong feelings on this um i was very much a sex in the city girl in high school and college i loved it all of Carrie's men can go away forever. Steve Brady, Steve Brady, Steve Brady is the love interest of that show. Who's that? Is that Miranda's husband? Yes. 
He's cute with the little glasses. He is so <laughs> sweet. Listen, I have not watched anything since the movie, the first of the Sex and the City movies. So, like, I don't know anything that's happened since then. I love Steve Brady so much. <laughs> I love. Don't him you see so his much. little butt in the movie? I don't remember. It's been like since. It came yeah, out. me either. I don't <laughs> and then for like other TV love interests. I know it's cliche. I don't care. Jim and Pam are still one of my favorite TV couples of all time. Of all time. I'll I'll piggyback off and start with that. My answer is actually Holly Flax. I think uh, in, in the office because of how heightened Michael had gotten at this point for them to yeah. perfectly weave in this character where you're like, oh, that's Michael's soulmate. I can't remember the actress's name, but both of them do so, so fucking well at like Amy, Amy Ryan. Thank you. They do so well at, at this sort of immediate like spark that they have. And they're so similar, but so, uh, Holly Flax is great in the office, I think. And for me, I've never seen more than probably 10 minutes of Sex in the City. So I actually found an article. This is one of the ones I pre-prepared that oh. lists Carrie's love oh. interests. And I just picked the one that uh, I like the actor the most. So for me, my man of choice for carrying sex in the city is, oh no, I wrote it down, um, Sam the 20 something, uh, Timothy <laughs> Oliphant's character. Um, because I love Timothy Oliphant. I think he's fucking hysterical and great. So my choice for Carrie is Sam the 20 something. That's amazing. <laughs> Cheers to Mickey. Uh, Bella? <laughs> Surprise, surprise, I've never seen Sex in the City. I've only seen the movie. I know. I know. Whoa. That's like such a huge shocker. Definitely not big, right? Fuck big. Fuck big. Yeah. I was um, fuck big on site for that wedding. So I don't have an answer. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But the answer is Steve. Steve. We'll go with Steve. Favorite TV love interest? I have to go with Danny Castellano from the mm. Mindy Project. Mm. I love Chris mm. Messina, so. Ugh. I also had Raphael from Jane the Virgin, so. Ah, Team Roth. All the trees are in the baby. Leave it so high, your feet won't touch the ground. Would you look up, baby? It's probably the purpose, guys. Promise everything gonna be alright. Next question, not necessarily about TV, but just a general. This this <laughs> listener asked, could use a tip to cure a hangover. You got any? I'm going to say a bowl of pozole, a cold Coke, and a nap. And then start your day over. <laughs> With caffeine in your... Okay. If you are that fucked up, the caffeine is just going to settle you down. It's not. I would like to go last if that's all right. Okay, let's go with Rashani. I'm going to say a double bacon cheeseburger with all the grease, Mm -hmm. fries, cider ranch, a Gatorade, and then beat your meat and go to bed. Wow, my boy! Oh, it releases a lot of endorphins. Doctor approved, if you will. I'm kind of with Mella. Wake up, get something in your stomach so that you can pop an extra strength Advil, Tylenol, whatever. Drink a whole glass of water and then go straight back to bed. <laughs> you gotta yeah. do. You gotta do over. <laughs> you gotta restart the motherfucking day. Mm-hmm. 
Hi, kids. Hiya. I've been hung over twice in my life. What? Twice. <laughs> I was hung over after yesterday. One of, once, <laughs> was, <laughs> once was after one of y'all's parties. Of course. And another one was after drinking with Lacey when we were first starting dating. The latter, I finished, I'd say, 80% a bottle of it, a bottle of Jack on my own with a beer, too. I don't get hungover. And so I've, I have a couple of tried and true things that I think work. For every drink you have, chug a glass of water. You're already there. You're in the kitchen. Grab your cup. Move it to the sink. Slam back a glass work. of water. It takes 10 seconds. <laughs> it takes 10 seconds. <laughs> Slam a glass of water every time you're about to make a drink. That's it. But I was actually... Gather around... This is for my article nerds out there. I was reading an article. There's a lot of research going on about hangovers in Europe right now. Uh, apparently, American companies are having a hard time getting funding to do research on hangovers. But a lot of studies are showing that it's like genetic. It's like your immune system. Because alcohol is basically poison. And what it does to your body, your body reacts accordingly. And so your level of hangover is just kind of dependent on who you are. God so, <laughs> so there's a chance that none of these answers will work for you, dear listener. Good luck. <laughs> no, mine's mine's pretty good. I think mine will work for you. Oh, tra- track record? Mine's the best. <laughs> My thing is, once I'm getting that fucked up, I'm forgetting about the water. Yeah. And you, repetition. I could be blackout and I would still drink water because I've done it so much. I gotta try it. You, you just got, like, you should, have to know you should just drink ahead of time. Water, period, Mel. Yeah, I should just try it in real life without yeah. being drunk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You should just start <laughs> drinking water. Yeah. Anyway. This is another question that I, I'm so excited I get to ask because it's one of my favorite questions that we got. And we're going to get a little musical with it. So really quick, rapid fire if we can. What is a movie that needs to be served as a musical? So movie to musical adaptation. What do we need? Mella. What Hot American Summer? Period. Ooh, that's good. I love it. Rashawn. Brown Sugar. Mm. Ooh. Josh. Bad Times at the El Royale. Ooh, Ooh shit. I literally couldn't think of any new ones because I'm so excited about The Notebook by Ingrid Michaelson <laughs> coming that that's all I could focus on. That's all oh, I yeah. had. Do you want to talk about your choices Dude, at all? I'll go quick. Just split the stage right down the middle the Nevada, California. A lot of time appropriate songs can be sung but mainly just thinking about the you can't hurry love scene while he's trying to dig up the floorboard. Seeing that on stage, brother, that'd be heat. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, mine's quick. It's a rom-com about two people who fall in love over their shared love for hip-hop. So I just think you get Quincy Jones and Pharrell to write the score. Terrell, Alvin McKaylee to write the book. Hit show. Thank me later. Lin-Manuel Busy or? (laughs) Oh my God. What about the scuttlebutt? (laughs) <laughs> save that for the workshop because it won't be hitting the stage <laughs> I didn't really have an explanation 
Vibes is fine. Vibes, I feel like. Vibes is fine. Yeah. That is okay with me. I chose mine for one scene. So, like, which is, yeah. <laughs> Part two of this musical interlude. Dream vibes, dream scenario for you. A musical artist is assigned to a movie's hit song. Who is it and what is the movie? So the example they gave us was Tyler, the creator on The Grinch. But Vershawn, I want to hear from you. Mine's simple. You get two phenomenal female artists, and that's Yeba and her. And they are duetting on the next Bond theme song. Oh, shit. Josh? I couldn't decide between two artists, so I'm going to do a duet like Rashawn. I'm going to have this duet do my favorite movie song of all time. I'm going to have uh, uh, white-hot popular artist Noah Kahn and Brandy Carlisle do a duet on Man of Constant Sorrow from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I married you for a reason, and I don't like it. So good, bro. I like it. Especially because I also chose Noah Kahn, basically because his whole album that's out right now, Stick Season... It just reeks of indie coming of age film. Mm. Somebody having to return home and start over. And it's so good. It's so good. And then part three of our little musical interlude. What are your top three movie soundtracks? I will start because mine are weird. Shocking, I know. I love to turn on the Shape of Water soundtrack on a rainy day. One of those like fireplace screensavers on the TV, open the windows and have Shape of Water playing in the background. I think it's magical. I think it's so soothing and just incredible. I also... Just driving around during this fall time, love to listen to the Over the Garden Wall soundtrack. It is folky and autumnal and quaint, and I love it. (laughs) Um, And then I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. The Garden State soundtrack still (laughs) slaps. It still slaps. It's still great. I, I listen to it. Very regularly. Josh. First thing that came to my head when this question was, uh, when I read this question was Into the Spider-Verse. That's one where I still listen to most of the songs on that album, just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one I found when I really thought about it and kind of looked through my Spotify that I listened to a lot was the Harder They Fall soundtrack, um, the Netflix film. Just a lot of fucking bangers. A good good workout soundtrack. I listen to that one a lot at the gym. And then I don't know if this counts or not, um, but it's my answer. Argue with the wall. Uh, Purple Rain. Sorry. Argue with the wall. That's my answer. <laughs> Who's arguing with you about Purple Rain? <laughs> but like, but like, d- if that counts as a movie soundtrack or it's just an album, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's a movie. Yes, for sure. Bet. No, I. No one's arguing <laughs> me about the quality, uh, just of uh, the merits of the answer. Like, no, for sure. It's like, mine is also Garden State. It's Let's get Corgi Mel. It's like 15, 16 year old me. Um, Hairspray, fucking run that shit. <laughs> and 2018, The Star is Born. 
<laughs> it was like two different mms though. Yeah. Rashan. Uh my blanket answer is not a soundtrack but a score. If Nicholas Bertel's name is on it. It's yeah, it's on your rotation. You're rabid yeah. for that boy. I'm foaming at the mouth. If Bill Street could talk, succession, moonlight. It's just yeah. But my three soundtracks would be Waiting to Exhale, The Prince of Egypt, and The Gift by Beyonce. Mm. Okay. I think as much as I played Spirit, that album is still like, Hit him with it one time. On its own. No, I'm not gonna Got check time. More movies in space or more movies in the ocean? I'll go first. Ocean. Ton of movies in space. Not enough in the ocean. Lacey. Space. The ocean is too scary. Have you seen space? Rashawn. <laughs> uh, I agree with Lacey, so my answer is actually ocean because it is terrifying. No! So I, I misunderstood this question. <laughs> ah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I perhaps thought the listener was like being kind of funny, and I thought they were asking, um, "Would you r- rather watch a movie in space or in the ocean?" What's your answer? Fucking hell, dude. Um, I said space because I wouldn't want to be doggy paddling while watching a movie in the Jesus ocean. <laughs> I mean. It's a good answer. Wait, wait. So in this scenario, in this scenario, yeah, you get to watch in space from a spaceship, yeah, or my astronaut suit. So you get floating. So you, so you're still you get assistance in space. Yeah, but in like, the ocean, you know, they just drop you in the ocean and make you watch. Yeah, you you're just you don't even get like a buoy. I don't maybe not like even if I'm in the buoy I'm still like doing too much like I feel like space is just chill that's fair I like that you thought about it I know you Jesus. really did <laughs> Jesus Christ man oh wow okay <laughs> let's talk about some scary movies this listener says I love monster movies and I was excited to hear the xenomorph and the pale man get an honorable mention on your horror titans episode so, I'd love to know, what are your favorite movie monsters? And what do you think takes a movie monster from a good to a great one? Thank you for the many hours of entertainment and laughs. Thank you. I will say, to me, a movie monster has to live up to the reputation that precedes them. I think you hear about them many times before you actually see them or you see them get to their full potential. There's a lot of foreboding and lead up to them and then when they finally appear or they finally transform it has to be worth the wait so those are the reasons for my answers and those are my choices are gremlins yes um bong joon ho's the host the descent terrifying 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 gabriel and malignant (laughs) don't (laughs) look i think it works it works for me it's great. It's a great monster. 
And then my last choice is Guillermo del Toro's Mimic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great 90s kind of schlocky big old bug, but it's really cool. And I, I really like that movie. Mella, what about you? Kind of talked about this in our Titan episode. What makes a good monster is like the scare factor. I don't know if I have like a lot of favorites, but I think my most recent, oh shit, that's a good fucking scary bitch is Mother from the Barbarian. Mm. That's good. It like it was a good reveal. She looks fucking sick. Titties on point. It was a good. It was a good time. Were they on point or were they sagging? They were on point for her, bitch. <laughs> what point was it, Josh? For me, what makes a great one, whether it's shrouded in mystery or we know, like we know this monster intimately, I think if it's one of the two extremes, I think it's really that's what makes something really good. Two ends of the spectrum. I know she's not technically a monster, but like I think the witch and the Blair Witch is great because we know nothing, but she's mm. picking these people off. Uh, and the ver- inverse is back to our, our horror Titans episode is is uh, Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster. We know mm. deeply about this character. We know their motivations. We know why they're acting the way they are, and I think that helps us sympathize a little bit. I guess you could say. And some of my favorites. Uh, monkey King Kong. Mm. <laughs> Does he count? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. I, I love King. I love me some King Kong. Dude. Oh, and um, the Rancor from Star Wars, which is I Mel. don't know. What I that is like that big. Not just Mel. I don't fucking know. That shit. <laughs> you know the Rancor. The Rancor is the Rancor pits. What they Jabba drops him into the Rancor pit. And he's the big thing, and they have to fight it off. I was going to describe job. Taylor, you get it. Why me, guys? Lacey, I saved you for last. For me, there are two elements that like really make a, a horror movie, not even a horror movie monster, but just a movie monster that I think are very important. And one is practical. Practical effects. If I'm going to see this, I want it to look and feel real on screen. Mm-hmm. And if you can't deliver that, I don't want to see it. There is nothing scarier than what your mind can come up with in scary situations. So in that regard, one of my favorite monsters, horror, whatever, is Black Phillip in The Witch. Um, because once he starts... Once we make that crossover to him speaking to her, we don't see him. They don't give us a CGI goat (laughs) talking to her. We just have to imagine what is being presented to her in this moment of choice. And that to me is just terrifying. And everybody's interpretation of it is going to be different and different levels of enticing and scary. As far as practical movie monsters, Frankenstein just like has such a tender spot in my heart. But I, my favorite of all time is the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Um, he's also ruthless. Like he's just eating kids. Evil, just pure evil. And then I, she doesn't really count as a monster per se, but the makeup done on the Grand High Witch in the original Witches movie. Yes. Um. Angelica Houston in that disgusting 
wet looking <laughs> like melted macabre mm-hmm. face i love mm-hmm. her and then the inverse of that the second part of this question have y'all ever had a monster reveal in a horror film that was such a letdown i have two very recent ones that i was just really bummed about i watched cobweb and i watched the boogeyman both 2023 movies, horror movies that had such great potential to be really good, scary monsters and scary movies. And both of them, Cobweb, I think, did it better than the than the Boogeyman did in the reveal because the reveal took longer in Cobweb than Boogeyman. And Cobweb still was like, it was okay, but it was more CGI and digital than it was practical, and that is, like, what knocks it down a peg for me. But Boogeyman, if you're going to take this entity that we're all, we've all grown up knowing about, thinking about, you know, afraid of at some point in our lives, it has to be perfect. And it just... wasn't. It wasn't. It just fell really flat, and there was nothing new or inventive about it. It just was like, oh, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. Yeah. So both of those just kind of meh for me. Yeah, the I think another one that would lump in with the two of those would be Mama with Jessica Chastain. It has, similar to both of those movies, actually, like a great buildup to a reveal. And I think, once you finally meet Mama, it's not as uh, satisfying as it could be with what the first two acts led up to. I love this monster, but the lipstick demon in Insidious, I think, is so much better on the edges of, of mm-hmm. Insidious than it is once you finally get the whole picture. Both the ritual and antlers mm-hmm. also kind of have that same boogeyman cobweb thing. It's better. Just keep them in the shadows. And then I'm going to get in trouble for this one. But A Quiet Place. Oh, Interesting. No way. Wow. The best parts of that movie, I think, keep the aliens out of sight. And even the, even the opening, which I've gotten in trouble for on this show before, just swiping away yeah. the little kid is, is great. Just the blur. But I think the more you see of it, the more you're just like, if you don't get this grasshopper out of my face somewhere. (laughs) I'll tag along with a grasshopper uh, looking at the alien. Cloverfield didn't do it for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, With how, and I know that was part of the appeal was, where is it? What's happening? What's it doing? And then we see it and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> again, this is, you know, if I if I sat down and thought about this question more, maybe I'd come up with something that bothered me more. But my gut check reaction was Cloverfield. I actually have the same answer as Lacey. It's uh, the boogeyman. I want to see, and I'm sure it's out there, but I just want to see a movie where you don't show me that monster. Don't fucking show it to me. You can do so much with shadow work and with, creepy hands around the door or a gust of wind in the room. Like there's just so much you can do. I think also because what Lacey touched on is this is something that everybody was, was afraid of. 
And we, whatever the boogeyman was to you in your mind, fucking wasn't that that we saw on screen. There's that early scene under the bed yes. with the light ball. Yes. Great. That Amazing. I was like, oh, we're in, we're in great hands. Like this movie is about to rip. And then it just reeks of like, oh, can we see the boogeyman? No, no, we cannot. <laughs> no. We don't want it. How are we supposed to put this on shirts? <laughs> um, also a recent one, a little fun one. I don't know what I was expecting, but Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Okay. <laughs> I don't But I mean I, oh, yeah, what? like I'm saying it, I'm like, I don't know. Was there a reveal? I guess there was. There was a reveal because it was kind of like talked about like their humanoid slash Winnie the Pooh piglet Igor. Yeah. I mean he is on the poster all jacked up. Right, right. But, but it does look like someone's big belly neighbor with the poo mask on. But again, <laughs> what else do you want from that? I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting from that movie. Right. Wow. Okay, we did some movies, we did some TV, we did some horror, we did some TV, I just said that. We did not specify what kind of questions to send in. Coincidentally, we got (laughs) some questions that were uh, a little more not cinematic. And we're going to answer them. Yeah. So, let's get deep a little bit. Let's talk about our lives. Okay. Rapid fire. Love or to be loved. I said love. I also said love. Uh, be loved. I think people are kidding themselves. Be loved. <laughs> Listen, if I was only giving love and no one loved me back, I would I would perish. I would simply pass away. <laughs> but I don't. I for me, I can't have. You can't do one or the other. You can't have one without the. You can love and not be loved in return. But I don't think for me as a person, I can't be shown love and not reciprocate it in some way i think everyone wants to have the capacity to love without being loved but i think lacy is correct i think you could go insane so mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say be loved listen to it's what michael scott said do i need to be loved no do i want to be loved yes by everyone all the time <laughs> 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 I guess I'm insane. I I I think I. You could said I'm love. insane. I guess so. I don't know. I think I could love without being loved. Yeah, that sounds like. Oh no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think that sounds like misery. I think that sounds like torture. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a, psycho- I, uh, a psychologist would eat this up that the, the yeah. couple had the same answer and the the ready to mangles had a different answer i said love but i also i agree like i don't think you can have one without the other i don't think i could just sit in my house love everyone no one calls no one texts no one writes like goddamn mm-hmm. you know that sucks <laughs> but i also i mean we're all different sure that's why we're here. But I, I 
think giving is like one of my love languages mm-hmm. and not ne- not that that necessarily correlates to loving or be loved but i give without the expectation of reciprocity yes if right that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah like you you naturally love people you don't expect to receive it back but yeah but it gets a little lonely in the I'm street. also single, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, we're going deeper. Do you think kids are a reason not to separate? I feel very strongly about this one. I think not separating simply because you have kids, or a- another way to put it, staying together for the kids. I think is maybe the worst decision you could make in your life. I think it's damning your child to witnessing a broken marriage and forcing them to believe that that's all love is for the considerable future. I think it's horrifically unfair to your kids. um, And I think it's selfish as all hell. That's how I feel. I have the same answer without delving much into it. Especially now, in the era of 2023, more than half of my friends, including myself, are children of divorce or separation. And it just seems like the more trauma from from couples that have stayed together and just like, we were married through the church and we have to stick together because that's what Jesus wants or whatever your belief is. It just seems like those kids have a lot more trauma than... Why would you have separated parents? You know, why would you not give them the chance to see two happy marriages as opposed to one unhappy one? Right. So uh, I feel very strongly about this. (laughs) I feel the same way. I a lot of the reasoning behind people staying together in those situations is we're doing it for the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But here we are, almost two years into therapy, baby. If you're able to go to therapy, it's so good for you. You cannot love someone else or give to someone else when your cup is empty. So if your relationship with your partner has emptied your cup, you are now two empty cups trying to pour into your child. Yep. And that is not fair to them. That's not fair to your kid. That's not fair to either you or your partner. I do not think that if you are not happy together, you should not just stay together for your child. Who's surprised I have a different answer? <laughs> not Nobody. <laughs> I will say as someone, I have neither a marriage nor children, but I, I think there is capacity. There is capacity to try. Um, sure. Which mm-hmm. is not... You know, the question doesn't have any detail behind it. We're just answering. So I think kids could possibly be a reason not to separate because maybe it's maybe you're not at the final brink of, of separation. You know what I mean? Maybe there are things that you need to work on both separately and together. So I'm going to say yes, kids could possibly be a reason not to separate. But I do support mental health and happiness and yes having a full cup y'all ever snitched i will go first (laughs) i have snitched the fuck 
out of people in my apartment complex who do not put their dogs on a fucking leash. I will be the first person to email my management company and tell them not specifically who, but I will say people are not putting their dogs on leash in the complex. It is dangerous. It is not safe. Listen, I have a reactive dog. I have an aggressive dog. He's a rescue. We do the best that we can. If you're not putting your dog on a leash and making the minimal effort of clipping a leash onto their collar before going outside, I have zero respect for you. If that counts as snitching, then sure, I have to. Um, but aside <laughs> from that, no. Aside from that, no. I don't think so. No, I oh, haven't. Oh, I snitched. Oh. Oh, who's shocked? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I snitched. Go what? ahead, Mel. Well, Mel, you said no. Yeah, I'm very big on, like, just minding my business. I didn't see nothing. For sure. <laughs> Look, I'm a do-gooder. I'm a rule follower. I like, don't like it. This guy was copying off my test in school, and I snitched. <gasps> I don't care. Damn. I work hard. I fucking work hard. I'm a nerd. I'm a, I'm a kiss ass. Whatever. I snitched. I don't care. Turn your body. Just Little like... loser. I, I, no. Do one of the, where you, like, lean on the table and, like... The amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. No, I don't think yet. Yeah, I mean, nothing else for me. Because I've done so many snitch, snitchable things that right. I'm right. kind of paying it forward, you know? I can't. I can't. It makes me itch. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell someone of authority. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get back to the movies. <laughs> okay. The things we've learned about each other. Jesus. <laughs> so we are right-sizing the industry. This comes from a corporate cinephile. So let's eliminate some actors who could do the same job. You feel me? Like, do we need so many Chris's? Do we need all the Sarsgaard or just Bill? Jennifer Lopez is cross-chained. Jennifer Aniston isn't. For me... I went with the Jillian Halls and I chose, I chose just one of them. Mm. They're doing different roles. What do you mean? With the question, they're doing different <laughs> roles. They're all doing different roles. He chose choose between a stars guard. Let's eliminate some actors who could do the same job. Was the question? Josh, let her answer. They can do. I'm if, protective if of the family. Just... What, do I, what do you want? What do you want from me? They do put all the stars guards together. Those are siblings. Yeah. And they don't all do this. Bill is not doing Pennywise. Watch him. Uh, in fact, Bill is Pennywise. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> dad. <laughs> What's the dad's name? Stellan. Stellan's not doing Pennywise. That'd be crazy. Yeah, but Stellan's a mama mia. Right. And do I didn't, I didn't say I was eliminating him. I said okay, I'm yeah. eliminating. Keep going. Which one? Yeah, you haven't said which one. Sorry, Mags. I mean, bye bye, Max. We kind of all saw that coming, right? Yeah, because you y'all would choose that too. Don't even fucking play with me, except for Rashawn. I would choose neither. I, I would not choose the Yellen Hall. The fuck? Um, I just said I related to fucking Zodiac. Let's uh, Johnny Depp can go. Whoever, I don't care. Whoever wants to take his place can take his place. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Chalamet. Yeah. Kind of doing he it. Is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, exactly. So, bye, Lacey. Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't understand this one. Okay, see, I'm not alone. <laughs> yes. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say it. Maybe, maybe come Bitch, back I to said me. I would watch a movie in space. In space. Because <laughs> it's easier. You okay, but mine's say. mean about a person. Oh, yeah. Ooh, let me hear it. <laughs> if you want to say it, you don't have to. Say it, say it, and then Rashawn can bleep it out if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Could be replaced by any white guy. It's like, <laughs> like that will be a bleep. He did it. <laughs> no, bleep it. No. But that's funny. That's so true. He's like hell. He's like literally a stale cracker. Like the most vanilla of white vanilla you could ever find. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I like it. You can go. Okay, I have a, I have a, I have a system. I think that nobody has to be eliminated. So hear me out. Oh my okay. god! Nice. Of course, no, we me. all no, look no. like assholes. Let him come. <laughs> <laughs> now we're trying right. to nice one. Right. I'm no. protecting you. So multiples of of actors, they all need to meet up. So we need to have like a meeting of the Chris's. Mm. You guys have a little a little headquarters. And you just send one out at a time. So if if a Hemsworth is out, Evans is back at the crib. And they're just kind of like waiting. And then for every Chris we send out, we send out a Viola. For every Jennifer, we send out a Penelope. A Mahershala. A Song Kang Ho. You know, a Rashawn Durrell. Uh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that they have to wait a little bit. Right. It's like, I'm so sorry, you cannot sign that deal. We already have a Jennifer right now. Hmm. Sorry, Aniston, but Lopez is out. It's a fair fight. Yeah. Kind of uh, level the playing field a little bit. I hope that's good for corporate prestige. I don't know. Johnny Depp can still go. (laughs) Don't believe it. Take it away. (laughs) What movie or movies have your favorite product placement energy like talladega nights vibes <laughs> guys i we're getting to the end of the list too so you're getting like my silly answers and i'm sorry it's not real products but the truman show <laughs> oh yeah Jesus. but like same vi- like vibes like, yeah that's the vibe yeah the talladega nights seems very tongue-in-cheek like they know it's a product placement so this isn't quite exactly that this is just a straight up product placement. This is just a car commercial in the middle of a movie, but Barbie. Ah, oh, that's my answer. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's literally that. It yeah. made me want that car. Too. <laughs> I was watching. Yeah. I was like, "That's a nice looking, dependable SUV." <laughs> Grown ass answer. Like, <laughs> it got me. I'm not gonna lie, dude. See, that mine is practical. Is all of her like waking up. The toast, the milk, the mm. like everything in her house is very product placement y, but not really because it's Mattel. Like it's just getting oh, mine out. was a legit mine was just a real I think real life car. car commercial in the middle yeah. of the movie. Ooh, I have another one. And this kind of goes back to the food, which totally forgot to mention this. Elf. With the product placement and like New York, just as a mm-hmm. a place, like I just want to be there at Christmas time. Sure, it's disgusting. I want to try Buddy's plate of spaghetti with the syrup. Oh. I want. I want. I'd take a bite, maybe two. Just a bite. Just a bite. I said Pepsi at the end of <laughs> World War Z. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Twinkies and Zombieland. That one's mm. fucking great. That one's so good. I 
have never, ever, ever craved a Twinkie. I don't even know if I've tasted a Twinkie. They're, but they're not that the way good. Woody Harrelson eats that shit. I wanted one. Yeah. And then, sorry about it, the MCU and the U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh. Propaganda is propagandaing. Dude, no, you know what? I'm not joining. You know what propaganda is propagandaing? Top Gun Maverick. Rash- editing Rashawn, play an eagle. <laughs> yeah, but I. Eagle! <laughs> <laughs> High up in the fucking sky. Play Whitney Houston singing the Star Spangled Banner. This listener says, what is a film that'll never make the cast? Because one or more of y'all hates it that much. <laughs> Unfortunately, None. listener, we already did Groundhog Day. So, um, unless there's a movie all four of us hate, nothing's off limits in terms of hate. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? No. I'll speak as the most opinionated person on the show. I, I don't hate any movies, even though I probably dislike more movies than anybody else on the mic. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah. Sure. I'm really opinionated, and that probably will change once I start making my own movies. But I think every single mi- movie made is a miracle. I truly believe that. Oh, yeah. But there are movies, you know, like, we're not going to do Birth of a Nation. For what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> For who? Yeah, I, I don't think, really want to talk about fucking Green Book. Yeah, <laughs> no thanks. I think I think it actually comes down to: Are there any movies that are aren't going to make it because one or more of us like them too much? Yeah, I think there might yes. be some that we avoid bringing because of a sentimental attachment. But uh, if one of us likes a movie and the other three actively loathe or dislike it i don't think that'll ever stop us i think yeah it's it's actually more so coming on if that's the case yeah that's it's, yeah literally 90 <laughs> percent of my episodes <laughs> so i think it comes like bruce almighty i will bring eventually I, that's just a very special movie to me and it'll be on eventually but i've just kind of avoided it just because of how much i like it i think um and not like i'm scared to hear the opinions it's just like i don't really have anything interesting to say because it's it's the kind of movie where I don't fucking care if you like it or not. It's like one of my favorites. So like, peek behind the curtain. There's not a lot of fun there in terms of like yeah conflict. Like Mella could shit on it, and I'd be like, okay, I don't care. I love this movie. Like so, it's also just sometimes my opinion is just like I just like it. You know, yeah. I don't necessarily need to pick it apart. I'm just like I just like this movie, and that's not really gonna give y'all much to listen to. So to answer your question, it's the opposite. If we all, if most of us hate a movie, it's more likely to be brought on. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that we aren't capable of like deeper nuanced conversations, but there's so many movie podcasts out there. And I think the draw 
if I could be so bold. I think the draw of our show is the chemistry between the four of us, less so what exactly we're talking about. So there are, like I said, so many shows with nuanced conversations. We are capable of those things, but there are also certain conversations that maybe we have off mic and in person. Mm -hmm. And this show, I think, is very specific and geared toward very geared toward a very specific energy. And I think we towed that line pretty well. I agree. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire. What is your guilty pleasure film or films? Lacey. None, because all my movies are great movies and I don't feel guilty about it. Fair. Rajani? Uh, Friday vs. Jason. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> Soul Plane. Uh, I'm going to get you sucker. <laughs> Uh, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. And I think that's it. Josh? Evan Almighty. <laughs> Mine is just a genre. It, um, it's young adult films. Just mm. any YA film where people are 16, 17, 18, falling in love in the summertime at the beach. I'm like, wow, look at this. And <laughs> I love it. It's just guilty pleasure. Okay, I changed my answer. What is it? Thanksgiving through Christmas, Hallmark will be on my TV go. at some point. I, I eat up a cheesy Hallmark movie. Same. same. They run in the same vein. Yep. Reboots, remakes, requels. What do we think and what are our thoughts? I used to be very solidly anti all three. Don't remake it. Don't reboot it. Don't requel it. Thank you, Scream. It's an avalanche that you can't really stop. Mm-hmm. And it's coming. And I think that there are some really interesting avenues that people have taken. They're not all winners. They're not going to be. But I say keep them going. You know, if you want to reboot The Exorcist, do it. And we have a right to say how we feel about it. You know, yeah, I think I think that's what it comes down to is I think there's some gold that can be mined from all three. I I definitely like requels the least, followed by reboots, and I'll fuck with a remake if if done well. I'd love a reimagining, but yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is can you make it good? Is it interesting or is it just is it a cash grab? Mm-hmm. I think a stipulation for me for any of them is, is anyone from the original product attached? Whether that be behind the scenes or in front of the camera, are any of the original participants endorsing this new project? And that helps me feel one way or another. But I'm open. I'm open to all. But don't try to force in front of the camera. No, 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 you no, 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 no. You don't have to do it. It's <laughs> if it it's called for it, it does. I said I'm equal parts curious and skeptical. I think I like to Josh said, like if it's a reimagining, I give it a little bit more leeway because it seems to me like these people that wanted to make this film love the original so much and they thought, what would happen if it went like this? And then you as the viewer can kind of let go and be like, oh, this is cool or this sucks. But if it's just like a total remake, it 
you begin to question why. And then, like you said, Rashawn, it's just like, it's just a fucking cash grab. I think West Side Story is kind of where I started to lean, obviously, a little bit more like, hmm, let me see. And then it was beautiful and done really well. So I was, I was leaning more towards yes. But if I hear a remake of, again, something that I really love, I'm always going to be skeptical first. Yeah, I definitely think 2022 Scream was, you know, successful in some ways and not so successful in, in other ways. And they kind of coined the term requel. And now it's just like, let's bring back one or two or three people and tie it back to the original. And sometimes it works great. And sometimes it just, you don't need to do that. So it, it's a it's a mixed bag. What movie do you think really captures what it feels like to be in love? Such a good question. Such a good mm-hmm. question. And it's a hard question. It is. Yeah. I did Away We Go with Maya Aww. Rudolph and John Krasinski. Love that movie. I think it captures the essence of a couple that has been together for such a long time that still has really deep love for each other. In the movie, you don't ever question their love. You, The kind of problem in the movie is how they're going to figure out home and where that love is going to settle. It's so sweet and honest. I kind of went in the same direction. I, I did something. It was more about being in love than falling in love. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is, this is, a, this is a, a long-term relationship answer. But the, <laughs> genuinely, the first thing that I thought of when I, was, when I read this, it was like a movie that represents being in love, that represents a couple in love. The first movie that came to mind was Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci in Easy A. Hell mm. yeah. Olive's parents, like to me, obviously it's the two of them just turning on the charm. That's a married couple that loves each other and their family. And that to mm-hmm. me, like that's that's it. Like they just love their family and each other. And just like yeah. you know, I don't know. It's easy. Yeah. It's just like it's effortless. That whole family and their whole family dynamic, you can you know, their love comes across on the screen. I love it. My immediate answer was in the mood for love. But that is also unrequited and somewhat unfulfilled love. It's it's kind of painful and bittersweet. So I went with three choices, sorry. But these three movies each had like a specific moment in them that really stuck with me and kind of captured two people just like connecting in an instant. And I think there are three fantastic movies and they the two lead actors all are just completely in sync. Uh, So I went with the spectacular now, Mm -hmm. Um, just a really tender, grounded, realistic movie about just two young people falling in love. Same goes for love and basketball. I think that is Gina Prince Bythewood's best movie by a country mile. And it, again, it's just two people um, falling in love, but that's fine. Uh, heavy erasure yeah yeah (laughs) and then my last choice was out of sight also kind of 
bittersweet, but two fucking sexy ass people. <laughs> okay, okay. Being in love and the dinner table scene juxtaposed with them making love in the hotel is one of the sexiest things ever put to screen. George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez just burn up the screen. It's so good. <laughs> so, 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 so good. The two that as an overarching what does love look like and feel like that popped out at first to me were love actually and it's a wonderful life we're getting close to christmas guys i'm feeling it (laughs) um but both of those movies that they really celebrate like the outwardness of love and like the the shiny pretty parts of it um love actually delves into like the darker harder parts of love but when I re-looked at the question, it says, what movie do you think really captures what it feels like to be in love? And I don't think the movie captures it, but I think the relationship between Iggy and Ruth in Fried Green Tomatoes, like I get goosebumps thinking about the two of them, especially during that time period when queer romance was not allowed watching it and watching their relationship blossom and bloom and develop and grow together, quite heartbreaking and quite beautiful. And I think they both just have so much love for each other. That, that is what it feels like. This movie is about to come out, but his one of his first movies, Andrew Haig's Weekend, also captures that beautiful, really painful feeling of falling in love and then losing someone but uh weekend is so 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 good (laughs) so we got to the end of our list we have one last question i put kind of a fun one at the end (laughs) what movie quotes do you commonly use in real life precious i'm hungry Since you got your degrees and you know every fucking fucking thing. thing. (laughs) Pretty much any Will Ferrell quote, I'll just kind of always be saying. Out of context, I I love, I'm nervous to do it in the apartment, but I love the blooper reel from uh, Anchorman 2 when he's doing Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corny Stone are doing their warm up. And. <laughs> Play it if you want, find it if you want, I don't care. But what I use the most in the in the real world is also an Anchorman quote. It's Anchorman one. And it's him going, I don't believe you. <laughs> I say I don't believe you. I say that shit all the time and frequently forget that it's an Anchorman quote. I say hello all the time, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. I also for any situation will pull out Will Ferrell as well. And I didn't want salmon. I said it four times. <laughs> Step brothers. Yeah. yeah. Drop kick his ass. Yeah. All the quotes. But yeah. when this when I saw this question, the first thing that popped in my mind was the Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. It's not a not a quote, but the song Deception. <laughs> Disgrace. I, I do use both of those quite often. 
I have haunted or terrified Carmela with Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Yeah. Since. yeah. <laughs> like, in any shit. melody, in any situation, I'll just bust out singing. Everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Platter, nationals, hello. I thought hurricane season was over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And uh, just too many to count. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, another one is Ryan Gosling in the notebook. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Josh and I about dinner every night. Every night. <laughs> every night. Another Anchorman 2 blooper reel. Look at that. Tell me that doesn't feel like a cock. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part is Paul Rudd's follow-up. It doesn't. <laughs> if I ever say that, Lacey has to follow up with Paul Rudd's response. Oh, it's so funny. So funny to me. I also I say um, Taranka, which is from Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally anything that I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Too many to count. Send us some movie quotes that you use in your everyday life. But that brings us to the end of this mailbag episode. We did it. We did it. That was so fun, you guys. Awesome. You guys are awesome for helping us with this episode because we wouldn't be here if you guys hadn't sent the questions in. So thank you so much. Like we said, this is our first episode, but it definitely won't be the last. So email us. Find us on social media. We will post a link for another episode because we definitely want to do this again and get some more great cinematic questions. But that brings us to the end. So... This is, uh, what am I doing? Sorry. You got it. <laughs> that vodka oh, rebel. There. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a little woozy here. That, that's, that's one. That's I it. use that one all the <laughs> that's time. That's it for this WCA mailbag episode. As always, we would love if you like, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcast. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods. Uh, we made the top 100. That's awesome. Yes. Ah! iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast shows. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a question for our new, our next mailbag, or you just want to send us some love, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you at the movies. Bye. Let's oh, another one uh, from mm-hmm. Zoolander. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) (laughs) We do use the, what is this? A center for ants. We say that all the time for no reason. Because it's a, it's an amazing quote. quote. I feel like you, you just speak in quotes. I do. That's why I had to stop. Yeah. (laughs) But there's so many that you don't realize are quotes until you sit back and think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally oh, living oh. with Rashawn. I'm like, oh. So you doing the bed thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's our fucking recent one. That's a new one. <laughs>